Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome. Welcome to today's episode of Leadership Stars. I am so excited about today and today's guest, and it's and we're doing this on Martin Luther King's weekend. And what a powerful man and a powerful leader he was in the in terms of the civil rights movement. And so I think it's very appropriate that we have this guest on today. Uh, he is the penultimate leadership development consultant as well as a career consultant. And he has broad experience in peak performance, resilience, emotional intelligence, leadership, career excellence, common good advocacy, and so many other things that he has really impressed me with his knowledge, with his wisdom, and with his heart. Uh, And I'd like to welcome today the incredible Peter Pichard. Peter, welcome. (laughs) Thank you very much, Linda. That was a very nice introduction. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's you're it's well deserved. Well deserved. <laughs> okay. So, Peter, I did not give the audience your background. Um, could you just spend a couple minutes telling us how you got to where you are today and why you do what you do? Uh, yes, uh, and actually, I can tie that into to the idea of vision. Uh, when mm-hmm. I got my master's degree 40 years ago, um, we were required to create a mission statement uh, as part of graduation. And in that mission statement, I created one that was to help as many individuals as possible lead lives with which they're satisfied. That was 40 years ago. That mission statement or vision for my career um, has shaped my career in terms of really wanting to have as, as much of an impact on individuals in this crazy world we live in as possible. And I've been very lucky to do it as a youth advocate, uh, as a leadership development consultant, um, as a public speaker. So I, I've been very fortunate, but, and I attribute a fair amount of that fortune to the fact that that mission statement or vision statement um, 40 years ago really created a focus around many of the decisions that I made. So um, I'm going to speak to to the importance of that as I talk with your audience, but um, I I do attribute the fact that I've been able to do so many of these things and continue to around the fact that I have a real clarity around what I want to do, which is impact individuals so they can lead successful lives and impact our world in a positive way. So... So that's you are, <laughs> that's the story in a nutshell. So 40 years ago, uh, was yes. it a master's in business administration or? It was a master's in, in counseling. So I, oh. uh, with a specialization in career counseling. So I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do career counseling uh, mm-hmm. with individuals. And that was where that, that uh, vision statement came from in terms of knowing that I really wanted to help individuals be um, effective. And then the transition from doing that uh, into the business sector happened a few years later, and um, and that's where I've been focusing ever since. Business and organizational uh, consulting with individuals uh, has been has been the future. So has been where I went from there. Okay, so Peter, you've spent most of your work with individuals as opposed to like the the corporate overall. No, it's actually been a very, a very exciting mix. Um, uh, I've done a lot of work with individuals, but they've always been in organizations. So I have not okay. had a private practice. 
I'm not looking for you know, people to listen to this and get in touch with me to have individual career counseling. It's always been through an organization. And currently, um, all of that is in um, sectors like healthcare and public education and R&D and pharmaceuticals, which uh, make our world a better place. So I've been able to do it in many, many sectors with many individuals, but it's always been sponsored by an organization bringing me in to work with their people. All right. That's an that's an awesome niche that you're in, uh, and I really appreciate that. I, I did a lot of work in, in corporate. Uh, well, I was in corporate, and then I did a lot of work with corporate until about oh, 10 years ago, um, and then went out and am doing more with individuals on an individual basis, not necessarily through a company. So I, I do appreciate that a whole lot. Um, so let's start. What is your definition of vision the vision uh, describes the future state of an organization, and I have a, a d- definition that I, I think is, is profound. Uh, I did not create it. It was created, I found it years ago, and it is, uh, um, vision is a description of the clear and inspirational long-term desired change resulting from an organization or program's work. Let me break that down. The vision has to be clear. People need to be able to see it and, and get it without going through a whole lot of words. It needs to be inspirational. It needs to, to and I'm going to give some examples of these, it needs mm-hmm. to move people forward in the organization. It needs to be long-term, so the future state. It needs to take people out of the current situation into this is where we're going. The amount of time is is up to the organization. It could be three years, it could be five years, it could be 15 years. It needs to be long-term. And the change that is resulting in the organization, uh, you know, resulting from what the organization does. So clear, inspirational, long-term, and then, you know, the change that the organization and the programs in the organization are going to create. I love that definition. I've used it for years. And um, uh, I think that the pieces to that uh, really do help flesh out the idea of a future state of an organization. Mm Because I've been in many organizations where the mission statement is just, somebody came in and said, here's your mission statement. And it it didn't inspire. It, It really was just, you know, the same as, you know, a lot of the others. And I'm going to get mm-hmm. into some details in a, in a few minutes about, you know, how to ensure that that doesn't happen. But um, I love that definition. I do too. I think that's f- fantastic. Uh, and, and, it, and it fits so well with, like what I talk about with, with vision and the fact that you need, to, if you can, you need to incorporate all five senses. And you said people need to see it clearly. Um, but I also think that they need to, you know, have, have a, how it sounds, how it feels. You can even get into taste and smell, uh, depending upon the organization. Uh, I, I know I've worked with a couple of restaurants. It's like, so what can I smell if we have, like, outstanding food in your vision? I, can, it's, I love it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, be, be, because can I again, give an example of, sure. of, of a statement that, that, uh, that builds off of what I said, or did you want to did you want to uh, no, add something go. else before I do that? No, give me give me an example. There, this there's a healthcare, and I didn't help them design this. They already had this in place. There's a healthcare client of mine, um, and their their statement is as follows: to continue to grow and challenge convention through our pioneering spirit, scientific advancements forward-thinking leadership, and collaborative approach to providing exceptional patient care. 
Now, there are, you know, any healthcare organization is going to have something about patient care and science. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. But, but those words, challenge convention, pioneering spirit, mm-hmm. forward-thinking leadership. I mean, working in that organization, those people are being given permission to, to do things differently in terms of the health of, of patients. Um, uh, that is, and I've talked to dozens of people in that organization, and they, they really are in, not all of them, you know, some of them, it's just like <laughs> I didn't want to do my job, but, you know, right. you know, talking with leaders in that organization, it's like, you know, that really describes what it is that we want to do. And uh, the example of it that I'm going to give you uh, in, in one of the departments, because vision can, there can be, broad, and, you know, a number of visions in an organization. If mm-hmm. it's large enough, it can have a, an overriding one like that that drives everything else. But then uh, the different departments in an organization can come up with their own. Well, there's, there's a woman, the head of the IT department in this organization, brilliant, brilliant woman. She got her team together and said, come on, we're going to come up with something that fits within our, you know, our, our uh, company's uh, mission. Her, the, what they came up with was the IT department saves lives, period. Think wow. about that. Every member of that IT department comes to work every day with a real belief that the fact that they're creating access to data for the doctors and the nurses and the patients and the kind of communications that needs to happen when, you know, you want to be able to get a hold of somebody when they've gotten out of surgery. The IT department saves like big banner in, in the main room for the IT department, although they're broken up. You go into the IT department, you see that, and they believe it. It's not just PAP. It's we really do, and it, it completely reframed the the way that the the, the techies thought about the code they were writing or whatever. It's not just I'm just writing code. If I do this well, that nurse is going to have the information she needs to take good care of that patient. That doctor is going to be able to impact uh, that emergency room situation with getting that data quickly to save uh, a patient's life. the, The energy in that department and in that whole organization is profound, and I believe a lot of it comes from the sincere belief in the fact that they are allowed to challenge convention and have a collaborative approach that's forward-thinking. And that IT department example, just to me, was one of, the, one of the, the most powerful mission statements or vision statements I've ever come across. And they believe it, and it's impacting the climate in that, in that department. And, Peter, I think that's, that's awesome. It also, it also ties to ensuring that visions, when you have an organization like that, where you have an overarching vision or mission, um, then what the departments do need to be in, in a line with that. And this is a clear example of aligning the visions within the organization to what the overarching vision is for the year, for three years, five years, or however long it is. Uh, and, and that's powerful uh, when that happens because you're mm-hmm. all then walking in the same direction towards Absolutely. the same place. Yeah. And that's the whole idea behind vision is getting everybody moving in the same direction with energy uh, and, and initiative. Um, however, um, coming up with that, that vision statement for the organization is not the most important part of creating a vision. So I'm coming at this a little differently than, than some people look at it. Mm-hmm. My experience is that um, the leaders 
in an organization, the individuals in an organization, before they can, can do what I just described, the organizational or the departmental one, they have to have their own personal vision. Mm-hmm. And this is where a lot of the leaders that I've worked with over the years uh, have really fallen short. It has nothing to do with intelligence. It has to do with, with an understanding that they need to do this. So, you know, it's a huge mistake if a, if a leader doesn't have his or her own uh, mission statement or vision statement um, to guide how they're going to help the people that work with them or how they're going to do the work within that larger organizational vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 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 the most profound uh, example I have of this is uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And I know many of the listeners on, 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 the, on the program have heard of it, and, and, and possibly some have not. But in his first habit, he talks about the principle of personal vision. So his whole paradigm of this best-selling book, it starts with the idea of having a personal vision. And he talks about individuals um, having a sense of what they want to be, their character, what they want to do, their contributions, and the values or principles that are going to bring what they want to be and do together. Um, so uh, a, lot, uh, a lot of the work I've done around vision has not been getting the group to create the group vision if they didn't have one or if they wanted to revise the vision they had, mm-hmm. but to get leaders to understand that um, they need to have a personal mission statement or vision statement that talks about you know who they're going to be as a leader or as a contributor and what do they want to do and what are the values or principles that are going to pull those things together and if you if you don't have a sense of that as a leader and you're just following the organization's um, uh, you know value statement then uh, the organization in my belief isn't going to get um, the value add from you as a contributor that uh, would be necessary for them. Peter, I so agree with you. I, I, vision to me is the beginning. I mean, it's my first step in leadership is you got to create that vision and you need to make it robust with, again, all of the five senses uh, that you can put into it so that it is the driver for you that drives the organization, that drives the departments. Um, and then without that, it's, it's like going on a road trip and not knowing where you're going. <laughs> you know? That's a good metaphor, uh, yes. Yeah. And so if, if you as a leader don't know where you're going, you personally don't know where you're going and you don't know where the organization's going, it's really hard to bring the people with you and have them align their visions to where you're going. So I fully agree with that. Um, I, um, and that's why Covey starting his uh, internationally acclaimed book um, with that as the first mm-hmm. habit of having personal vision to me really got my attention years ago when I read it for the first time. Um, it really underscores what you just said um, uh, is the importance of that. And and for me, I, I gave the example when you asked me about my background in terms of having that, that, that uh, vision statement as many years as I have. And uh, I, as a youth advocate, I have a one-sentence mission statement for that, to mm-hmm. lessen the instances of sexual assault and bullying on and the use of tobacco products by young people. So my, all my work around uh, youth advocacy when I'm not doing the leadership development work is around that mission statement. And that mission statement pushed me to write a couple novels uh, about a, a teenage uh, activist, female activist, around the idea of lessening tobacco use by young people and lessening sexual assault and bullying. So in my life, I've had, I've had, I've had six, 
very tangible success um, around vision statements that meant something to me personally and helped me make decisions, whether it's writing books or the organizations I would gravitated to. So I've seen it work personally, and I believe very strongly, and I've seen it work with very with a lot of people over the years. Yeah, and I I so agree. I you know when I when I really do a clear vision like this year, I actually wrote a vision letter as to you know dear me, and it's it's dated uh, December thirty first, two thousand eighteen, and these are all the things that that happened that occurred that I was able to do that I was able to make happen, clients that I was able to touch and change their lives and that kind of thing. And it is such a powerful piece. Uh, when I sent it off to a colleague who I have review stuff like this, she goes, wow. She said, I can I can actually get into this and, and be there with you. This is really phenomenal. And so my team has, has seen what the vision is for this year as well. And I, I'm getting their vision letters back uh, so that we have a real clear picture of what does this organization look like at the end of the year. So, Peter, do you have just one short thing to end this segment with? Uh, yeah, I want to, and I want to build off of. I'm not being patronizing in terms of your vision letter, but I want to build off of that very quickly. Um, it needs to be personalized, and it needs to be written down. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of research that's been done on the idea of writing it down, not on a, on a computer, but literally writing it down, so that your mental processes have seen it and worked on it in terms of it. Um, so the idea of sending that out to people and sharing it with them and having it yourself so every day you can look at it is a very powerful way to do that um, in terms of moving yourself forward. I love a vision letter. I've never done a vision letter to myself, so I, I made a note. That sounds good to me. I'm going to do a vision letter. And uh, 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 thanks for sharing that with me. That was yeah. that very dear me. I love it. That's very cool. Right. Yes. And, you know, and it includes... Um, I want to say most of the parts of me, so not only business, but personal development, spirituality, finances, uh, family, all of that. So it's not just business-oriented, but it's taking, as one of my coaches, Ann Evanston, said, taking the beach ball of your life with all of those parts and making sure that it's full and that you have all those parts recognized in what you're going to do this year and you're not shortchanging one of them. So, audience, with that in mind, I want you to do something on the break and look at what is your vision for this year? What's the vision for your organization for three years, five years, 15 years from now? And are all your parts in alignment with that? And we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I'm here with my oh, very special guest, uh, Peter Pritchard. And Peter and I are so in alignment with what we're doing. It's It was actually very interesting, uh, the conversation we had offline. And so we're going to move into something that's near and dear to my heart, and it's sort of where my business is going this year. Peter, you mentioned that when you're doing youth advocacy, that the, the mission statement, the vision statement that you created was around um, – bullying and sexual assault and reducing the tobacco use in schools. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about, in essence, how um, you're working with the, the kids, with the schools or whatever. And in essence, you're creating a movement. You want to change a piece of this world that's not right. Um, and I wanna, I'm curious as to how you're going about making that happen. Um, uh, uh, fantastic. I, I love talking about this. It's a very important part of my life. And I want to start with it with an eighth grader that I met 30 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. We were doing uh, some work in the town I live in in New Jersey around getting rid of tobacco machines in, in public places, um, okay. something that is not an issue now. And uh, there were a bunch of adults, and there was this eighth grader and others in, in, the, in a group, and we went to the town council to present this idea. This eighth grader stood up and made one of the most compelling presentations I've ever heard. Mm. It was mesmerizing. Her her passion around, I'm going to do everything I can to not have any one of my colleagues and friends die from tobacco. Mm. The the meeting ended. uh, They voted for it. Uh, you know, to, in support of us, the town council did, and we went up and talked with them and said, you know, you hadn't shown any support for this beforehand. And the, and the head of the town council said, do you think we could turn down what that young lady said? Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> it was the eighth grader. It wasn't, you know, I do a lot of public speaking. It wasn't me. It wasn't a member of an uh, adult team. And that that experience 30 years ago just really um, formulated in me the desire to to do everything I can to um, support uh, young people. So, to your question, mm-hmm. um, the, the the two novels are, are are designed to do that. They're designed to to motivate um, individuals. In Dawn of Hope, Dawn Mortensen is a 17 year old young lady, very much mirrored after that that uh, eighth grader. Um, that it, that has that works the mission I shared with you all um, mm-hmm. in terms of lessening the use of tobacco products and and bullying. So she takes that mission through the two novels, Dawn of Hope and Dawn of the Tobacco Wars, and really fights uh, as as a, a motivated young person how to do that, how to how to have an impact in that way. So she models it in those novels. So that's the first answer to your question. The second mm-hmm. is. I wrote a, 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 a column recently on my blog. It's on my website and, and on my LinkedIn and Facebook book profiles um, about how to solve very, very difficult problems. And in it, it describes how young people uh, are impacting our world in, in, in the most powerful way. And I give examples um, of that. You know, the, the 10-year-old created a cartoon that went viral and and a comic strip that that is impacting millions of wow. people. Ten years old, um, mm-hmm. and and so I'm using my writing. I'm doing public speaking. Um, uh, I've developed courses. Um, that I make available free on my on my website for people who really want to um, have an impact around uh, the my mission statement. Um, so that's a quick answer through my writing, through my public speaking, through the novels, through my website. I mean, it works. The, the website is work for the common good. So you know, it's trying to help people understand that you know you can do things to help make our world a better place. Um, and my particular mission around young people is something I don't care if somebody you know doesn't want to do it around young people and tobacco or bullying. If they want to do it around the elderly or, or whatever, everybody has an ability to do that. And so my answer, Linda, and I'll stop, is um, <laughs> through public speaking, writing, um, just getting the message, talking on your program, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting the message out that individuals can make a difference. And the problem right now with all the problems in our country, and it's both sides of the aisle, the problem is that people feel demoralized, like I can't make a difference. Look at all the problems. Look at all the problems. I can't make a difference. And I'm doing everything I can to help people see see individuals can make a difference. Just like that eighth grader made a difference to me and our town by personally getting rid of all the cigarette machines in our in our town because of her passion. It it's not age related. So that tenth grader that ten year old, the the eighth grader, uh mm-hmm. young people can have an impact. We need to respect them, we need to listen to them and we need to get them more involved in our life versus, you know, my generation. Um well, we have all the answers. And uh, I'm doing everything I can to help people understand that. Okay, let me stop. And I would say in my generation, which I think is older than yours, uh, we knew we had all the answers. There's no question about that. (laughs) But there are a couple things around this. Um, One is uh, the Women's March last year, which was a powerful 
visual of all of these women and some really good men um, out there marching in protest at the the administration's inauguration. Uh-huh. And I went, wow, okay, we're going to step forward. We're going to get we're going to get into this. We're going to get more women in politics. We're we're going to begin to make those ch- small changes. I would say, you know. It, a cog and a wheel, you know, all of that together drives the machinery. So if we can change little pieces of it, we can make a big difference in the world. We don't have to have the answers for everything, just your piece. And what I found was it was like I dream of Jeannie and <laughs> she'd go sucked, she'd get sucked back into her bottle and the top would close. Same thing with Aladdin and, and his genie. You know, they got yeah. sucked back in. And it was like, where'd you all go? What 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 happened? I, I don't see anything. And I had colleagues say to me, well, millennials don't do it that way. They do it on social media. They do it, you know, more texting, that kind of thing. And I'm going, you know, the millennials aren't the only ones. There are older folks who need that visual. I mean, I, I marched in the in the women's movement back in the 60s and 70s. Um, I did march uh, for Vietnam, even though I was in the military in Vietnam. It was before I actually joined the military. Uh, and that visualness, I think, helped move it forward. Again, today's we're celebrating Martin Luther King's birthday. And here is a man, if he had you know, got, gone back like the genie in the bottle, nothing would have happened. So I think part of what um, movement requires is being out there, being visible, as you are doing with blogs, books, speaking, um, going to town council, whatever it is, um, applying for office. I do understand that there are more women in the midterm elections um, going for an office than there has been in years, but only 19% of the jobs in government, elected jobs, are women. And that hasn't changed in years. So you got me on my soapbox, Peter. Uh, well, no, no, so, I want to stay with that. I, I want to yeah. stay with that, though. Can, can, I, can I build off of that for a moment? Absolutely. Um, there are, I'm, I'm very involved in what you're talking about, and uh, there's a, a woman whose campaign I'm going to be working on in New Jersey, um, brilliant woman, a fighter pilot, uh, the lawyer from a top law school. This is someone who is going to ch- have a huge change and, and and move things forward. So they are out there and they're working. And what I'm trying to do is get as many people, as I've already said, to to have a sense of um, uh, how the fact that they can make an, an impact. And she certainly gets that. But you're talking about Martin Luther King King's Day, and um, the the most recent article that I wrote is called "How You Can Help Your Country Heal." And I di- I didn't do this because uh, I would be talking with you on Martin Luther King's birthday. I did it because of the power of his words. Mm-hmm. And the two, the two quotes that I had in this article, life's most urgent question is, what are you doing for others? That was Dr. King. And mm-hmm. then his second one is, if you lose hope, somehow you lose the vita- vitality that keeps life moving. You lose the courage to be that quality that helps you go on despite it all. And so today, I still have a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and his I got a dream speech almost didn't happen uh, his advisors okay I'm going to say it his male advisors said oh 
Martin, they don't want to hear that, you know, tell them, you know, fire them up about civil rights and whatever. And he got up on that balcony and Mahalia Jackson actually looked at him and said, Martin, tell them your dream. That's what they want to hear. <laughs> um, that story, but, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, to me, that's just so powerful that even he hesitated of, should I in essence, share my vision, share my dream and what's going on. Um, but had he not done that, if if he'd been sucked back in the bottle, what would civil rights have looked like? Now, I do have a group called Teach Us, Net, Teach Us All, who speaks to um, how segregated we still are mm-hmm. and the fact that, yes, it may be on paper, but in actuality, um, we're more segregated than we were in like the 1940s and that to me is just it's it's unconscionable Uh, good word for it yes yeah absolutely okay um i do want to talk to you later about the fighter pilot though i have a place for her so (laughs) uh, so i have a question one of the things that that i'm seeing is is a gender heritage with women around all of this being visible and being out there and and really working with a cause or a movement or whatever. And that is, we're taught as as young women to support, to um, stay in the background, to be perfect, um, to, um, to, to not, to, to have to know 100% or at least 99% of whatever position you're going to walk into. And partly because of that, we don't put ourselves out there. We don't necessarily stand up on stages. In fact, for us, as it is, I think, for most people, speaking on stage is the number one fear that we have over death, which I find very interesting. And so it was almost like we stepped, we we took that tiny step forward, got a huge reaction, and then dashed back behind the curtain with the, oh, no, I'm not supposed to be there. I'm not supposed to be out there. And I also think, Peter, they didn't have the next vision. Their vision was, we're going to create this massive uh, protest, march, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. On, on, the, on Inauguration Day. And it was successful. And it was like, but what do we do now? I'm going to, so I'm going to push to you on this one, Linda. I, okay. I believe uh, there's more happening than, than that comment just suggested. And the, mm-hmm. the fighter pilot example is just one. Um, as, I'm, as I'm talking to uh, individuals in general and, and writing the articles I am and getting people to, to respond, um, there is a lot that's happening out there. Um, it's happening uh, below the, the media level. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it might be part of what you were saying in terms of you know, you know, we, we were taught to you know to to support and be behind behind the scenes. My words, not yours. Maybe, mm-hmm. but there is a lot happening out there. It's um, it's it's not as visual visible or visual as that march. But mm-hmm. I'm actually very encouraged um, by uh, what's happening. The key to it for me, as I've studied this, is staying together, having mm-hmm. uh, having other women and 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 men who support you. And so there are uh, there are a lot of groups that have been formed. Uh, since the election, that are providing the support that's necessary. 
um, mm-hmm. so that, that, that men and women who are moving forward in the way that we're, you and I are talking about are not feeling like they do it on their own. So I, mm-hmm. I believe it's, um, th- there's more going on than, um, there, there hasn't been a regression from that. Uh, it, it's still there, but it's, a lot of it needs to happen. It's organizing. It's getting the nuts mm-hmm. and bolts. It's, it's, it's really getting a sense of how are we going to do this. And I mm-hmm. think there's a lot going out there, uh, going yeah. on there, which is yeah, I've he- Yeah, I've heard the fact that um, there, it's double the numbers of women who are applying for office for the midterm elections than ever before. So that's, that I find really, really um, enlightening and, and I'm, I'm just really happy about that um, I, I agree that we need to stay together I mean King brought you know we had Malcolm X who was also running in that same direction but using a different methodology um, I found uh, a couple of really interesting sites that are listing all the events that are going on all over the country but there's no way to communicate with them um, it, you could go to Twitter and do a, tw- a tweet um, or you could send them an email but then they don't necessarily respond so I uh, what I'm finding is once I put this out, uh, I'm getting more movements coming to me and saying, um, I, I have a movement. I, I have a movement. Can you can you post a blog on this or can you do a Facebook post or whatever on it? So they're there. It's, it's um, having to search for them. They're not necessarily visible. Uh, of course, if, I suppose if you Googled movement, you get all sorts of interesting things, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, you would. <laughs> you'd, have to, um, you'd have to sort through that that prompt uh, for, a, yes. for a little while. So I also love the fact that you said that the, the key strategy is that we need to stay together, that we need to hook. So it is like creating a wheel um, where all of the spokes are, are making that wheel happen. And what's really powerful for me, too, that you mentioned, is the collaboration Yes. Um, it's it's something that we as women do probably more than men. At least it's a more of a feminine quality. But the fact that we're not competing and that we're not eating our young, um, I think is very 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 powerful. So one last tip. We got about a minute before break. Mm-hmm. Um, I t- it ties back into the idea of vision. Um, when when you are working to create a vision in an organization, small or large. You need to get as many people as possible involved in that. If your tendency, it because you're smart, is to do it on your own, that's not going to work. So the idea of um, knowing your employees, knowing the, the the direction the organization needs to go, and then let them know you, so that the team can move forward. Um, and the conversation we just had speaks to that. Um, I'm putting it more into an organizational perspective, but the idea get a number of people together create lines of communication and be able to move it forward together versus one smart person saying this is our vision that doesn't work I've seen that fall apart dozens of times where the the leader said I'm the right guy boom I'm the the right person and that's not right okay so audience who's on your team that you need to bring together to get that vision built and who needs to be involved and we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton 
Be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to dream with linda.com now back to leadership stars welcome back we're having just the most interesting conversation with peter pritchard um, about vision about movements and i think we're going to talk a little bit about emotional intelligence in this segment peter what do you think uh, sounds good to me and if we can tie it into what we're, we've been talking about in the first two segments, that would be great. Um, we'll also talk about your gift to my audience. So I've read Dan Goldman's book, uh, Working with Emotional Intelligence, and you talk about it in terms of helping employees to merge their vision with the organization's vision um, and so that, again, you're all marching in the same direction. So tell us more about emotional intelligence. What is it? Why is it? You know, in thirty seconds or no, <laughs> thirty seconds or less. Okay. Um, in in uh, the best book that Dan Goldman did is not his initial one that got him the fame. Uh, emotional intelligence. It's working with emotional intelligence because mm-hmm. that talks about using it in a organizational context. And there's a quote from him in there that's relevant to the conversation we've been having. Self awareness offers a sure rudder for keeping our career decisions in harmony with our deepest values. Self, the, the importance of emotional intelligence in terms of the conversation we're having um, in, in terms of, of, of creating vision is, it's a point I made a, f- a few minutes ago, that leaders and, and, and individuals who are in an organization need to have their own sense of vision or mission. Why am I here? What do I want to do? And in Goldman's work, um, I've, I've used emotional intelligence with thousands of people on, on six continents, in, and it works, it works all over the world. 
in his vision, the and what the research shows is self-awareness is the is the, is the critical beginning to being emotionally intelligent. Um, if you are not self-aware uh, of your foibles uh, or of your ways of approaching things, then you're just not going to be um, uh, as effective as a leader, and you're not going to help your team create vision. So I've got two questions to to ask the audience. Not that we're going to hear back from them, uh, but the first question is: Do you prefer to ask or tell? Mm. Straightforward question. Do you prefer to ask or tell? Second one is, do you prefer questions or statements? So two very straightforward questions, and I'm mentioning them because the most powerful way to get a team together is to be self-aware enough to know where you are in terms of are you going to be asking questions or are you going to be driven toward being the driver, being the person Mm -hmm. that has the answer, proving that you're the smartest person in the world versus asking questions and 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 getting input for, from others um, there's a there's an article Goldman had that book but he also has a has an article it's one of the most downloaded articles on Harvard Business Review it's called leadership that gets results it was the March April 2000 issue and i mention that because Goldman talks in that in turn and presents a structure for um, how an individual can impact and he talks about emotional intelligence and then he talks about uh, leadership styles and how they impact the climate you create as a leader. I've, I've referred that article to more people than any other article I've ever come across, and it's, it's very, very powerful and provides some real insights for people that are trying to create vision in terms of where are you on your emotional intelligence, what kind of styles do you, you tend to use. Uh, an, ex- an example I have of that is, are you a really creative type? Are you the real conceptual? Are you out there and you're generating all kinds of ideas? Uh, mm-hmm. The downside of that is, you know, you could be confusing people. You know, we're not moving forward. You're, you keep coming up with a new idea. Are you more a person who is, um, you know, the, the, the engager, the doer, the, the you know, give me, give me it and make it happen. The downside of somebody like that is they can slow the process down. So the, 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 those are just two very quick examples. Having that self-awareness in the, in, uh, the self, in the emotional intelligence um, paradigm um, is the beginning, and if as a leader you don't, every one of us has blind sides, uh, blind spots. Um, it's going to be difficult. So those two resources, Goldman's two resources, that HBR article and the book you mentioned, um, are ways of helping people to really get information about themselves um, so that they can be as effective as possible, creating a movement or creating a vision. Let me stop. Fantastic. And so, audience, uh, two two resources for you to check out, uh, Working with Emotional Intelligence with Dan Goleman and this fabulous article um, at Harvard Business Review, Leadership Gets that gets results. Um, I think you ought to check those out and see what that's all about. Um, Peter, I, I've worked with a, a number of, um, I guess they're not percent, communication styles, uh, work, you know, the disc care and that kind of thing. And I, I think those, uh, what, what I love about some of them is the fact that you can't cheat them. <laughs> um, yeah, you can try like heck, but you can uh, try. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> well, and I find it's interesting. the The ones that I resonate ones are ones that can that you actually look at it from the perspective of what's my role. 
what role do I want to look at as to how I communicate and how I like to be communicated with. And I found that mine changes significantly from being um, the boss to standing up on stage and being a motivational speaker to my family um, to, oh dear, I have to now do numbers and spreadsheets and that kind of thing. And I loved the fact that they would shift depending upon where what I was what I was doing, what my job was at that particular point in time. And I think people can work with that. It's like, ooh, okay, if I want to be more nurturing and you know more um, more ask than tell, uh, I I need to sort of get into this persona. I need to be more like when I'm a mom or I'm a wife or whatever it might be. And I think that helps a whole lot as well. That's that flexibility and versatility aspect to it. Um, I also worked with teams using care, which I don't think they sell anymore. But I had I'm not familiar with care. I'm familiar with the disc, but I'm not familiar with care. Yeah, the, the folks who created DISC also did this for teams to look at why teams aren't functioning. And it revolved around who's the creator, Who's the advancer? How many refiners do you have? And the executor. So sort of the two ends that you talked about, which was the creator and the executor. But the two in between can also be very interesting because you can get stuck in refinement and never get out to the executor. Hmm. Uh, And I had a team who actually did that where we had a creative leader. I mean, he was, ideas were flowing constantly from him. He had no one to take those to senior management to advance. So it would go straight to refinement. Well, it gets stuck in refinement because he had something like 20 people in refi- who were refiners in his department. And he couldn't figure out why we were always crossing T's and dotting I's and never getting it out. So he got frustrated and he'd start going straight to his executor. And so things weren't fully thought out. There were typos. There was grammatical errors and everything else. And he was getting a huge amount of criticism for that. So I came in and, and he said, what do I do? And so I gave him some ideas and, and that kind of thing. One is understand your refiners and give them st- clear direction. He goes, oh, I never thought about that. You know, that, that kind of thing. Yes. So I think yep. the, you're right. The more we know about ourselves in so many different ways, you know, what are the stories that you tell yourself about who you are, what's in that subconscious as well. We had um, some in, you know, interesting people on brain work on last year, and a lot of it has to do with stuff we don't even know that we're doing, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those listeners who are interested in the last few minutes, um, I've got a place for you to go uh, on my website, uh, Work for the Common Good, I've already mentioned, but it, it, a mm-hmm. subset of that is why you and why the common good. So you don't have to be interested in the common good. Uh, there, in that section, why you and why the common good are a number of the assessment in- instruments, the DISC, for example, which Linda was talking about, that are available for free. So right. for those of you who have been listening to this, if you go to Work for the Common Good, go to the section why you and why the common good. Again, you don't have to be interested in the common good. You go in there, the DISC profile, uh, the Myers-Briggs, um, and some of the others uh, are on there and available for free for those that are interested in what we've just been talking about. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right. You could <laughs> There are so many assessments out there that you could spend your whole life just doing assessments. Yes. And, <laughs> and in most and some cases, people do that. Some people, yeah. they, they, stop, they, they use it as an excuse for not moving ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I yeah. have to do another assessment. No, you don't. You need to act. 
we've done five assessments. You know more about yourself than most people do. Now you need to act. And I have run into a few people like that over the years who are using doing all the assessments as an excuse for not moving ahead. No, I got another assessment to do. No, you don't. You know more about yourself than most people. Let's see how we're going to help you act on that. And Peter, I don't think it's the fear of, of failure in that. It's the fear of success. Oh my God, what what will happen if I succeed? There you go. Beyond my beyond my wildest imagination. Ooh, I there have to take go. another assessment. Yes. Yeah, yep. I think that's interesting. Uh, so, quick question: You have a uh, free gift for our audience, and I think you've mentioned around what you've got for them. So, if you'd like to give them one last shot at it. Yes, actually what I mentioned was, was something else. So um, okay. on, on my website, I do a lot of public speaking, as I've mentioned to you, audience. Um, there are three presentations that I've done publicly um, that are available for free. And you can just go on the, my website, workforthecommongood.com, and download them for free. I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to follow up. This is not a marketing thing. This is my wanting to give it to you for free. First one is how to work, live, and lead for the common good. So any of you that are, are hearing our conversation about you know, moving things forward in a positive way for our world. That's designed for you. Uh, for those of you who are over the 50, making the most of your second 50 years. A lot of people <laughs> in their second 50 years are struggling with what do I do next. And the, and the third one is career exploration and job search for any job in any sector. All of those are presentations I've done. The, the PowerPoint is available. Uh, a user's guide is available and a description of each of the PowerPoint slides. I've created them so people who are not in my workshop have a very clear idea of where I was going with it. And go on the website, download it. Nobody's going to bug you. I'm not going to track it. I'm not interested in doing that. I'm interested in giving it away. So that's my gift um, to all of you that are listening to this program, those three PowerPoint presentations. And that's are, phenomenal, you Peter. For free. Thank you, Peter, so very much. And that is phenomenal. And I love the, uh, what about the second 50? I like to say that I'm in the second reel of a three-reel film. Uh, And I believe (laughs) Jane Fonda actually said that originally. Um, So, yeah. Uh, And I I agree. My husband and I argue, don't argue. We have heated discussions about this. Like, what are you going to do if we retire? Because he's been so active that for him to sit on the porch and do nothing would, and and he's not a gardener, so that's not something he would do. Golf, (laughs) yes, he could golf seven days a week. But, you know, what are you, what are you going to do that's going to have meaning in the world when you retire um, or stop doing what you're doing currently. I know I'm working on movements, and I haven't retired yet. So All three, uh, of, all three of those uh, presentations get at the self-awareness theme that we've mm-hmm. talked about, and then they have I'm, very practical stuff about uh, how to really look at your second 50 years or the common good or just mm-hmm. in general. Uh, they all have good. They have very practical stuff in them uh, for, for any, any listener who wants to go on the website and download them for free. Fantastic. And I thank you for that very generous offer to my guests. And with that, uh, Peter, I want to thank you so very much for being here. It's been an absolutely awesome experience. This has been fun. I've really enjoyed it, Linda. Thank you. You're so very welcome. And audience, um, if you'd like to know more about this, um, the art of creating your own movement, the art of hurting cats, any of those things, please do check out my website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com or connect me connect with me at my email at linda at dare to lead with linda.com and until next week be courageous and dare to lead bye bye thank you for tuning in to leadership stars 
Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.